Welcome to Telltale, the podcast where marketers can learn from interviews with fantastic storytellers. Welcome to Telltale. Brittany, we are at episode eight already. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. You but can't. I guess it's true. Because <laughs> we just said it live on microphones. Yes, good. <laughs> Welcome to Telltale, everybody. Yes, we are at episode eight and we've had a great time getting here. Um, more exciting is today we have with us Ashton Rick, who is the content and PR manager at UFoods. Ashton, welcome Hello. to Telltale. Even more exciting. Even How more exciting. How special do I feel? Yeah, yeah, more exciting than eight episodes. There That's, you go. Yeah, the bar set pretty high, people, for episode nine, just uh, <laughs> yeah, to yeah. say. Yeah, look out, episode nine, look out. Um, U Foods is a pre prepared fresh meal delivery service, and something that is pretty cool about it is that it has 111,000 followers on Facebook and 76,000 followers on Instagram, and you deliver food. I know. That's actually incredible. What's actually not to love about all of those things? All those things. It's like if you love food and you love social, then it's you foods. You foods is the dream. That's exactly <laughs> right. It is the dream. Now, I'll be the first to admit, I have been on the You Foods program previously when I was in an extremely busy job, and I loved it. It was so good because um, you guys are all about fresh, right? As opposed to yep, freezing so everything down. Frozen, yeah, that's it. Yeah, to be honest, um, I was a U Foods customer for many years before I started working here. So I was, you know, kind of went from a bit of a fangirl to a brand ambassador. But I've, I've talked so many people into it. And I guess that's it. It's, yeah, the freshness is, is the big sell. It's fresh and not frozen. So, I mean, how many times have you bought something and chucked it in the microwave and waited 10 minutes and you get it out and it's, burnt and still frozen at the same time. Yeah. How is this happening? The perils of the microwave every exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so just, just some further background, Ashton, you're, you're the content PR manager here, but this isn't your first foray into PR or content. You were at Flight Centre working on their content program for five years as well. Yeah, that's it. I was at uh, yeah Flight Centre for about five years. So I went straight from uni. Uh, into the Flight Centre content team and from there I took on a few different roles. So I managed the content team for a while, I took a bit of a lead on a lot of the digital content, helped out a lot with the publications content and then I kind of segued into a smaller brand within Flight Centre. I always like to say that Flight Centre is the brand of a thousand brands so I won't even bother mentioning the names of some of the ones that I've sure. worked on. But uh, some of those smaller brands was a really exciting chance to get into more email marketing, a bit more lead generation, and kind of understand holistically how content fits in with the wider marketing yeah. spectrum. Which is super important, right? Like, you, you know, we're content marketers, but we don't sit here and, and say and subscribe to content is the only type of marketing. Like, that's insane. You have to be able to fit your content strategy into your wider marketing strategy. And, you know, it's not necessarily led by it. It's, it's all about strategy rather than that tactic. So um, basically what we're saying is that you've got some serious content shops in the Ooh. past seven years or so. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, <laughs> NBD, NBD. All right, well, look, getting back to UFoods, because that's uh, where we're sitting right now. Um, incredible growth story uh, around UFoods. Can you fill us in on a little bit of that? Yeah, I guess UFoods has really kind of boomed in the last couple of years. I think the main reason for that is, well, it's probably twofold. One is the fact that the product is, is incredible. So it's, you, I feel like you really have to stand behind your product. 
And for us here, if we don't love something 100%, then it doesn't get on the menu. If we won't order it, then why would our customers order it? Yeah, it's a super important touch point from a marketing perspective, not just sales, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I think the second reason for me is I've always found you foods is really, you know, right place, right time, right climate, in that we work so much these days. Our days are kind of getting shorter as, you know, we live in this online world where we almost don't turn off. And so, you know, for most of us, we're working a day job and then we go home and then we have to, you know, prep the food and make the food and eat the food. And you kind of repeat that every every night. And you don't want to fall back on those easy options, you know, like the drive through or the takeaway. And the frozen meals just let you down, they break your heart. So <laughs> I think it's just, it's the winning combination of having that amazing product and really filling that gap. So an interesting stat is actually, we save customers up to 15 hours a week by doing the shopping, the cooking, and the cleaning up for them. So 15 hours a week, that's basically a month, a year. That's a pretty incredible value proposition. <laughs> yeah, there. that's it. So I mean, that's that's incredible. That's a month of extra time in your year already just by having your foods. Yeah, it's pretty Ashen, great. It's, um, you didn't, it's not the only one in the market doing this. Um, what, what do you think its main differentiator is and how has it really taken this as being the, the leader in the, against its competitors, I guess? Like, how does its brand stand out? I always noticed you foods as a customer because of the brand tone and presence. I always thought that it was really speaking to me on a very personal level. And I think that comes back to we really know our target audience. So we use data very, very smartly to know exactly who we're talking to. And we don't pretend that we're talking to somebody that we're not. And we don't try to talk down to them. We try to talk to people on a one-to-one -one level. So I think that honest, transparent, really fun vibe, coupled with the fact that we're all about food. So, you know, we're not afraid to use hashtag food porn and we're not afraid to, you know, shoot our meals to look indulgent and, you know, exactly like they should be. So it's it's the love of food and embracing that. So we're not, we're not trying to pretend that these are diet meals. It's not a diet. Mm. It's, it's nothing like that. It's, it's the love of food and the lifestyle combination. Yeah. Um, I love that you bring it back to tone of voice because from a content strategy level, tone of voice is everything. Like it defines you, it can kill off a certain segment of your <laughs> of your business if you're not too careful, but like that's kind of what we want, right? We want to niche it down and, and really get into that. Um, let's talk about how you use tone of voice in your social media because as we said earlier, you know, 111,000 Facebook followers. The thing that struck me is that quite organically that seems to have formed there on Facebook for you, which is great. But what's even better is that in the day and age of organic being terrible for most brands, it works really well for you foods. You've got great engagement rates on your posts. You've got people actually saying, I love you. I love you. <laughs> yeah, like you're that, making my life better. Exactly. And the best thing about it, and so many brands miss out on the opportunity, is that you foods answers back. Yeah, that's it. The, one of the things that really impressed me as soon as I came on was the level of customer engagement that the team work on. So we have an incredible customer service team. They're just, they're so hands-on. 
and every comment is seen and responded to. And you'll notice, you know, if you've had a little bit of a troll, you'll notice that the responses, you know, it might just be a like, yes, we've acknowledged that, you know, hey, you foods, we love you. We love you too, guys, you know, but it might be responding with emojis or with gifts because that's, that's who we are. And I think the reason that works is because it's very authentic. You know, if you see the people in the customer service team or anyone in the YouFoods family, it's like, that's, that's actually how we talk. You know, we're, we're fun and we're dynamic and we're responding to people on that very personal level. So it's, I think, where a lot of brands sometimes fall down is they cultivate a persona that's not authentic and it's not honest. And I don't know how a brand can keep up with that kind of... Charade. Especially now, right? Yes, like, yeah, if you don't have a personality behind your brand, behind the people working for you on social and in other touch points for customer service, it's it's an absolute nightmare for brands now if they don't embrace that. So it's yeah, it's it's actually fantastic to see um, you foods go in that direction. Britt, I'm going to pass over to you because I think you're probably best to lead this conversation around how you foods might actually grab user-generated content off, um, ah, off Instagram. It must be the easiest thing to get content for because it is food, which is all we share. <laughs> Imagine 10 years ago doing this, you'd be like, nobody used to take photos of their meals and now literally <laughs> everybody does. I know, it's a perfect storm, isn't it? You're so lucky that your content is food. Uh, people want to engage, mm -hmm. naturally. What do you do to make it different to everyone else who's posting food? As in posting our content or when it comes yeah, to Yeah, well, I guess when it comes content. to, you can always talk about yourself, um, but I guess for you guys, like, what's out there? What are the opportunities for, like I said, user-generated content? Mm -hmm. um, do you encourage that? Do you encourage oh, your customers absolutely. to be sharing? So on all of our meal sleeves, we've actually got, you know, the hashtags. We encourage people to share their plate-ups with us, and we're constantly giving away the love. So, you know, if, if people are sharing their plate-ups, or you know, showing us their delivery day feels or something like that. We reward that with you foods gift cards. We'll you know we'll give them out like candy. That's great. So you actually encourage you to yes, absolutely. And that's you know there are over ten thousand posts using the hashtag you foods, and you can obviously see that we haven't posted ten thousand times mm, on our, yeah. sure. our profile. Yeah. So it's people just they they really do love and believe in the product, and I think that comes very organically through it, and the fact that you might not realize that we reward people for sharing their content. That's important in itself, isn't it? Because it's, we're not blatantly putting it out there to say, please, please give us, yeah, yeah, please give us content and we'll give you something in return. It's, it's a surprise and delight. Absolutely. It's so it's, good. Yeah. And you've actually created, if there's 10,000 photos on there, you know, the, the reach of those through all of their networks is huge. Yeah. But it's even better because they're talking about you of their own free will, mm. which is the best marketing that you can get. That's it. I think our, the brand is really built up on those customer stories as well. So testimonials are incredibly important to us, not just for things like content on social, but to, you know, for search and to compete with our competitors and on our website as well, to give people the confidence in our meals. So constant reviews and testimonials are a really, really important part of the brand for us. And as soon as I came on, I was kind of blown away at the level of feedback that goes on. So we do daily and weekly reporting. So we don't wait until the end of the month to see Oh, that didn't really go so well. Or were people people having you know trouble with that? Maybe it's daily, it's weekly, and it's actually filtered up to the highest level of the business. So the guys, 
that run the show, the A-Team, they're incredibly hands-on and they will know if one person or five people might have a concern that week. You know, and our chefs are there and our logistics team are there and our marketing and creative people are there. So we're all aware, even if it's just a singular issue, that something might not be 100% and we can fix it straight away. Ashton, that's really interesting because there's actually so many brands who are still, like, haven't worked out how to respond to negative comments. And I always say that negative comments, if somebody is wanting to engage with your brand in a social space, that is great, even if it is a negative, and it's an opportunity to make it better in front of so many people. And it sounds like you guys are onto that. What's your message for marketers who are afraid to do that and, and how can they go about it? Mm -hmm. I think the negative, you know, the, the negative reviews and comments is, is such a big one. And I don't think you should be afraid of it. I don't think that blocking it or not responding to it is the answer because if somebody's taken the time to reach out to a brand and the brand, it's falling on deaf ears, then that person, you've, you've lost that person. You know, you had the chance to win them back. Whether or not they can be won back, I think that's up to you. And I think sometimes for the companies maybe that, you know, almost don't allow that negative, that negative comment to even filter through to them, I feel like they don't back themselves. They're not believing in their product. They, you need to have a solution ready to go. If somebody has a complaint about something, you need to be able to offer them something to turn that around. There's a reason that they're so sure that they want to reach out to you and to tell you this. They want to have that dialogue. You know, if somebody has a so-so experience, they're probably not going to do anything about it. But you've got the channel of communication there, so I think you need to embrace it. Yeah, and it's it's so true. And, and I always think of it this way. If someone's willing to complain out loud, when you fix it, they're willing to give praise out loud. Absolutely. So, you know, it's like a huge opportunity for brands to do that. Um, I'd like to just pop back a bit and talk about your daily reporting because to me that is awesome. Um, I'm a Google Analytics nerd, so I sit there and look at our Google Analytics at points throughout the day um, like a complete idiot. But what I love about that is it probably tells us more about you foods in that you guys are happy to try, test, measure, fail fast, and then try the next thing. So, um, you know, that, that's an awesome lesson for brands. I think it's, yeah, we're, we're very agile as a brand, and I think that kind of comes back to the fact that, you know, we're very young and innovative and we stand by that. We're definitely not afraid to try new things and push boundaries, which I think really comes across, obviously, in our social, you know, just the language that we use or even some of the things that we do. I think it really shows that, yeah, we're out there and we're, we're trying stuff. But realistically, when you're, when you're on the line these days, you know, you have to be very agile. Things don't... Things don't wait for you to react to them. You really need to think on your feet. Yeah. So whether it's something like State of Origin, you know, State of Origin was on Wednesday night, so we did a maroon and blue protein balls. There's always a way to tap into what's going on, and you do need to be a little bit preemptive, but you need to be agile enough to think on your feet and to have room to say, yep, let's do that, let's run with that, let's try this idea. Yeah, sure. Um, and as we mentioned earlier, like you're incre not that lucky because it is a good product, but you're incredibly lucky that you get to post food porn daily. So does the rest of the internet, which is fantastic. <laughs> which brings me to my next question is, how does U Foods engage with influencers? 
Um, so, you know, influencer marketing is so big at the moment and I think for every good example, there's probably 20 terrible examples of it. So, um, you know, there's a huge opportunity for you foods to obviously engage with influencers. Do you guys go the paid route or do you go the, you know, we build relationships and create you know organic experiences for influencers yeah well to be honest we actually have a huge database of um of people that we have worked with and will continue to work with so it's not like there's just you know a couple of big hitters and they're they're the only people that we're connecting with we're always looking for for new people and you know new exciting accounts and because it's food and it's so ever-changing and growing new people are coming up all the time UFOODS is also national, so it's really important for us to hit people in all the geos. You know, we actually deliver as far as Perth as well. So, being based, yeah, you know that wild place, yeah, wild west. But so being Brisbane based, I think we could very easily become Brisbane centric, or many brands become very Sydney and Melbourne centric. But the reality is, we're national, and we need to be talking to people on a national level. As for influencers, I don't think that brands should shy away from having that discussion. Whether it's the right fit or not is a different discussion. For me, at the moment, I see influencer marketing as public relations. I think old school public relations, you know, you throw your press release out into the ether and hope that it gets to people. I think that that is a dying model, as is most of the traditional methods that we've used. I think that current influencer marketing is about getting your product or your service out to the most amount of people. For us, it comes back to that authenticity again. We are very, very particular with who we work with. We want people to believe in the product. So our any of our ambassadors that we bring on board, they have the product. They're getting the exact same product that our customers are and that's really important to us. So we need them to embrace the product and the lifestyle in order to authentically communicate that to their followers. People follow them for a reason as well. You know, there's a certain level of trust when you're taking somebody's recommendation as a spokesperson for a brand, really. So that's what it all comes back to. Yeah, and it's great to hear that UFoods uses a plethora of maybe small marketer, mm. small market influencers, because a lot of brands will go, you know, I've got two, they've got 500,000 followers each, and I'm putting everything into them. And they don't realise that the engagement rates on those accounts can be horrific, as yes. opposed to these great little niche yeah. influencers that do a fantastic job of keeping things authentic, like yeah. you say. From yeah. my general experience, I would caution people to stray away from uh, those soft metrics, as I like to say. You know, this post got X number of likes. That's really great, but what's your objective? Because if your objective is to sell something, then the likes, you need to work out a way that that actually transitions into return on the investment. So, okay, say somebody has 10,000 followers, and that's, that's a pretty small size influencer these days, to be honest with you. I think you need to be looking at their post engagement. So it's like, okay, they have 10,000 followers, but how many likes are they getting? Are they getting 100? Are they getting 600? Are they getting over 1,000? Because that kind of metric is going to help you calculate 
the money that you're investing into them and what kind of reaction you can expect. Yeah, sure. It's enough. a lot more meaningful then for the people who are seeing it, whereas people start to ignore the posts that are coming from people who are obviously paid yeah. for a lot of that. And I think it's, it's a really tricky place to be in influencer marketing at the moment. I think it's still very a little bit unknown and there's lots of room to grow. I think at first it was, you could justify it by saying, oh look, this person posted this beautiful photo for us. But for me, I always questioned, what does that mean? What does that mean for your business? If it's just brand awareness, maybe that's great. Maybe that's all you need. But for me as a marketer, I want, I want tangibility out of that. Mm -hmm. I want to see how closely I can relate that to our bottom line. Yeah, and I mean, as you say, if, if you're going to an influencer with an identified strategy saying, we realize that we need an influencer strategy for awareness, you know, that engagement on that level is fine. But as soon as you go, we need an influencer strategy for the bottom of the funnel where we need to make some dollars, you know, going to your CEO and saying, this post got 100 likes, is literally like talking a different language to them. So yeah, absolutely bang on. You need to um, quantify those yeah, marketing decisions. I think having those discussions with the people that you're reporting into, I mean, if you're lucky enough to just be running the show by yourself, you know, that's, it's, that's amazing, but it kind of all comes back to you. So I think having those discussions with, with other people in the business who might be controlling your budgets is really important. I feel like you need to get them to buy into the idea because if you're just saying, we're doing influencer marketing, it's great because I said so. That's not going to be effective. And if something ever goes wrong, you're going to need to justify, you know, go back to the start and say, well, actually, this is what we're trying to do and this is what happened. So having those maybe difficult conversations and educating people who might not be aware of this crazy wild world of influencer marketing and social media marketing is really important. People need to buy in and believe in what's happening in order for you to get the right result. Yeah, and it's up to marketers to educate the C-suite yeah. to do that as well. Definitely, more so now than ever. Mm, for sure, all right, I think it's time. Ashton, it's come to the time in the podcast where we ask our guest a little white lie that they've told. Um, do you have something prepared? Oh my goodness, I feel like a teenager who's been given the keys to the family car. I don't want to crash it. That's one of my white lies. That's absolutely one of my white oh, lies. Oh, that's so funny. Um, I was thinking about it from a you foods perspective, to be honest, when you just said a little white lie. Nothing your boss doesn't want to hear. No, absolutely. <laughs> or do. But I think, you know, for, for perhaps even my family and friends, they might even think that I eat you foods 24-7. And as a brand, you know, we're just like, yeah, you foods every day, every <laughs> night, breakfast, lunch and dinner. No, the reality is, <laughs> <laughs> of course. I cook, other people, you know, our customers cook. I don't think we're under any apprehension that, you know, that cooking is a bad thing. <laughs> cooking is an awesome thing and we love cooking. I love cooking and I love food and you foods loves food. So I think that, Do you, you get know, a free uh, you foods subscription? No, I'm not for free. I get my staff discount and I'm pretty, yeah. pretty chuffed with that. My, um, my partner's really loving exploring the menu as well. He's got his yeah. favorites. So he took, um, he's even taken some to work. I think that's the amazing thing, isn't it? It's like, I take it home and he's so excited that he takes it to work and he shows his colleagues. <laughs> you don't get like, any at all. <laughs> it's like, how great is this? But it's, it's like social media in real life. Exactly, yeah, <laughs> it just really works. Yeah. 
Ashton Root, thank you very much for being on the Telltale Podcast oh, today. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for coming out to you, Booth, and sharing the way of love. No, no trouble at all, no trouble at all. Listen to us every week, we're out every Wednesday. Brittany, thank you as co-host every week. And remember, people, tell your tale. Telltale is part of the Content Division Podcast Network. You can subscribe on iTunes or stream it from the contentdivision.com.au forward slash podcast. Tell you what.